there's all, all sorts of different types of scams. There's all sorts of different ways that people monetize. So whether it's credit cards or gift cards or peer-to-peer -peer payments, uh, there's lots of different ways that they're communicated, whether it's through SMS, text, email, uh, postcards, directly through your phone, uh, phone calls. We care about all of those things. And, and what organizes our thinking is the impersonation of our brand through any of those communication tools, run any of those MOs, on any of those monetization techniques. It's the lure of the trust that our customers and other consumers have in Amazon that we want to address and mitigate and protect consumers from falling victim via their trust in, in us. We often receive messages from online merchants or social media platforms telling us that our account was locked out, or we need to confirm our shipping address by clicking a link, or that our account is going to be charged. Most of these are scam messages. Although these messages have nothing to do with the real brand, is there something these merchants can do to protect us? Scam Rangers, a podcast about the human side of fraud and the people who are on a mission to protect us. I'm your host, Ayelet Bigger-Levine and I'm passionate about driving awareness and solving this problem. Welcome to episode eight of Scam Rangers. Today's Scam Ranger will give us a unique perspective of a brand who's on a mission to protect their customers. Abigail Bishop is the head of external relations for scam prevention at Amazon, where she leads the organization's outreach work to protect consumers from falling victim to scammers globally. Welcome to the podcast, Abigail. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm pleased we have a, an opportunity to talk about such an important topic to both of us. Absolutely. So I saw your presentation at a conference, the Global Anti-Scam Alliance Conference, and I love the example of a brand like Amazon taking ownership of the problem of scams, even though most of the scams that you deal with are not really happening on the Amazon platform. They're actually happening external to the platform and the Amazon brand is being used or even abused by scammers, by criminals, and still you're taking responsibility and protecting that. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. But before we jump into that, tell me a little bit about yourself, your role and a day in the life for you. Absolutely. Um, thank you again for having me on. And I, um, I could not be more excited to share more about the work that we're doing at Amazon. Um, and, you know, my, my role at Amazon, I feel like is one that was so easy for me to sink my teeth into very quickly. I mean, scams is such a relatable topic it happens to all of us on some level in in some part of our daily life. And so for me, my work did not take a lot of mental hoops to feel really passionately about. My background's actually in public affairs and corporate strategy, and I've focused on topics throughout my career, which were sort of at the intersection of internal strategy, working through kind of gnarly mechanics of business, as well as external engagement with a ecosystem of stakeholders who were working on similar or related topics. And so I have a similar 
role here at Amazon working on scam prevention, where I work really closely with our internal teams, our machine learning scientists, our software developers and engineers, our investigative team, our marketing teams, uh, as well as a whole range of external stakeholders that are part of this similarly committed system of, of stakeholders who range from public policy to research to consumer advocacy and kind of bring the lessons we've learned from Amazon and the things that we're working on to the those external stakeholders, as well as bring those learnings from the external stakeholders back into our and form our thinking internally. So I have a really neat role where I get to work across these these two kind of spheres <laughs> of stakeholders, all centered around preventing and protecting our customers and other consumers from scams. And and we're going to unpack everything that you just talked about slowly, step by step. But let's talk a little bit about the types of scams that we're talking about, the Amazon scams. So when we talk about the, the cyber criminals and how they emotionally manipulate people into falling victim for scams, they use several tactics like account lockout scams, threatening that your Amazon account will be locked unless you click this link and update your details or your balance is going to, or your Amazon account is going to be charged with this balance for something you didn't order or a shipping type scam where your Amazon order is going to be shipped, but we can't verify the address, all these different types of scams that leverage the Amazon brand to take or create cre uh, credibility. What, what types of scams, channels, what are you looking at when, when we talk about scams? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're, are a range of different types of, of scams and the uh, MOs of these scammers are so variable. Scammers are really smart. They are very inventive, as so many of us know. It's it, They come up with new ideas and new tactics and, and opportunities to manipulate consumers every day. For us, our focus at Amazon amidst all the different range of different, different scams is really on impersonation scams. So we care about all of those MOs, <laughs> whether it's an order confirmation scam, which was we released at the end of, of 2022, over 50% of the scams reported to us through our self-reporting tool were confirmation scams. There's all, all sorts of different types of scams. There's all sorts of different ways that people monetize. So whether it's credit cards or gift cards or peer-to-peer -peer payments, uh, there's lots of different ways that they're communicated, whether it's through SMS, text, email, uh, postcards, directly through your phone, uh, phone calls. We care about all of those things. And, and what organizes our thinking is the impersonation of our brand through any of those communication tools, around any of those MOs, on any of those monetization techniques. It's the lure of the trust that our customers and other consumers have in Amazon that we want to address and mitigate and protect consumers from falling victim via their trust in, in us. Wow. And, and you talked earlier about the collaboration internally, externally, We'll get to the external partnerships later. I think it makes a lot of sense, probably law enforcement and some others. But talk. let's talk a little bit about the internal collaboration. You mentioned a lot of teams that you work with. And I wanted to ask, how do you take the fact that there are scams and there is 
brand abuse for the purpose of financial exploitation of your customers into consideration when rolling out new services and new products at Amazon? Yeah, we think there, there's a lot of teams internally who are working on preventing uh, abuse on our store. They, we have over 12,000 Amazonians who are working on this. We've invested over $900 million on working on this. So there's a lot of resources that are working behind the scenes to prevent abuse on the Amazon store. And good news is, is that you are safe when you shop on Amazon and where you start kind of entering an uncharted territories when things are happening outside of Amazon, which makes some of our job even trickier to identify these scams, track them, and seek justice for the victims of those scams. But that more to answer your question directly, there are a number of teams at Amazon who are working on scam prevention. We have, as I mentioned earlier, we have an entire shop which is focused on some of the technologies, product development, coming up with ways to protect and, and develop control controls on our systems to protect customers, to protect our communication channels with customers. And then we have another team, uh, several teams actually, that are working on more of the enforcement side. So former federal agents and uh, teams of investigators who are working really closely with law enforcement to track trends in, in MOs and different dimensions of scams, as well as seek justice on behalf of, of victims um, and to disincentivize bad actors from certain attempts that they're making on, on victims. We also have a whole effort around consumer education. So we want to make sure that customers and consumers more broadly are aware of best practices, reminded we all could use reminders and validations of some of these gut feelings we have of, is this communicate this what is this communication? Is this feels a little bit off. What is this? No matter how, how how much time you spend in this space, those reminders are so useful. And so we do a lot of communication with customers and consumers and partner with other organizations, consumer organizations to amplify and to, to get the word out so that customers know some of the things that are happening behind the scenes and know trends and um, to the extent that that helps to mitigate. That's really interesting. I had a conversation recently about the challenge that institutions, organizations, merchants, banks have with talking about the fact that there are scams. Now, just looking at the banking industry, for example, we compared between the UK and the US, where the UK banks are very vocal and very creative about educating, communicating customers, whereas in the US, it's they send emails and there is some education done, but it's not out there. And I think there's a concern potentially about talking about scams and how it might impact customer perception of safety and trust in the platform. And so I think it's great that you are taking initiative and taking action and providing that education because it's happening and it's out there. And in a way, the more we speak about it, the safer they can feel that we've got their back. I couldn't agree more. You know, for us at Amazon, our focus on scam prevention really starts with our mission. It's sort of as simple as that to be the Earth's most customer-centric company. And so if this is impacting our customers, we feel a responsibility to do what we can to protect them and ensure that they are having the best shopping experience on the Amazon store that they can. And also, 
you know, one of our leadership principles is all about um, this idea of scale and success brings this broad responsibility. Um, and so we feel this intrinsic sense of uh, an impetus to leave the world better than we found it, to help where we can, to make improvements that even sit outside of the Amazon business to make the world a better place. And so for us, you know, those things really underpin all of the work that we're doing here. It's why we're, when we talk about our commitment to addressing impersonation scams, we talk about all consumers, that they're not falling victim to impersonation scams. So we're, we're thinking really broadly about this uh, because we feel like it's our, our responsibility and we hope other companies follow um, and um, start to, to take a, a similar position. If someone is sitting and listening to this and maybe they work for a smaller merchant or an e-com company and they don't have the resources that Amazon has, if they had to focus, you talked about education, you talked about investigation, you talked about law enforcement. What do you think that they should focus on as a, as a starting point? I would walk through my customer journey and identify where there's opportunities in that journey to embed either protections from a technology or product perspective, but also from a, a consumer awareness education perspective. So where in your customer journey is there sort of a natural opening to remind people to be safe or to um, to flag certain vulnerabilities that you want your consumers or your customers to avoid in your in your product development ask yourself is this something that is going to expose my business and my customers to greater risk and really map out the customer journey from both of those dimensions and start there. I think if you start there and you, you build your products, you build your customer experience, factoring in this explicit, intentional view of mitigating scams, I think that will go a long way. That's great advice. What do you hear from customers besides the monetary loss? How does a scam impact them? How do you feel, think it makes them feel about Amazon when they get scammed, which is probably a huge concern for you? And then finally, how do you help them? So it's hard to say, to kind of uh, aggregate all of the different experiences that folks have because they are so variable. Um, I will say that some some trends that we see across the scam space are victims oftentimes feel ashamed. They feel like, I can't believe this happened to me. And and that's not unique to Amazon. That's just something that that I think all all folks who who monitor sort of the scam victim space would say. And so to the extent that that's something our customers experience, surely we also see this sort of sense of outside of just shame, but like the surprise of it, right? Like the like, like, wow, I, I had no idea they were so good is another thing. And, and that's something we, we know about in the in the scam space is we know that the scammers are really clever. And that these are very sophisticated crime 
networks. And so we know what we're up against here. Um, And I think consumers are oftentimes surprised by that. And we really, you know, we, we have our whole enforcement team who is tracking trends, working with law enforcement, bringing cases forward. We had over 100 law enforcement referrals globally just last year. And we're actively taking down phishing sites and phishing phone numbers. I think last year it was over 20,000 phishing websites and 10,000 phone numbers. So these are these are not sort of small scale. This is pretty pretty big. And so all of those efforts sort of contribute to the protections of of our customers and the things we're doing to help them. And you mentioned law enforcement and the referrals. I wanted to ask you generally what types of collaborations with different agencies or different uh, bureaus out there or different companies does Amazon form in order to help customers and protect and seek help for them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we work with the FBI, we work with state, you know, a- AGs and, and others. Uh, we work globally. So we're working with all sorts of international counterparts of, of those groups. I will say this, that while we do some sort of joint litigation work, we should be doing more in this space and others should be doing more of it. And it's something that we would love to um, have better opportunities to coordinate and collaborate with other other companies who are experiencing similar crimes to do more sort of collaborative work on on the enforcement side of, of this work, because it's not happening as much as it probably should. And do you feel like in most cases, they're well equipped to handle these cases. Where where do you think they can you know, gain more insights or or get more equipped with? It's really tricky, I think. To at the point of law enforcement, it's like a needle in a haystack. It is difficult, yeah, for sure. Working across jurisdictions, especially for some of these global criminal networks, is very tricky. And it's very tricky not only to seek justice, but to connect dots um, between crimes. <laughs> if a crime happens in one country and they also do it in another country, the chances of those two countries and their systems finding that connection are very low. Um, and so it's just, it is a, a challenge. It's not, that's not unique to scams. That's like, <laughs> that is a law enforcement challenge across the board. Um, but we feel it in scams, certainly. And and that leads me to talk about the next topic, which is you mentioned that one of your takeaways from you know meeting a lot of scam fighters across industries and law enforcement and regulatory was the, the t- terminology that we use. And what do you think needs to happen there so we're kind of all on the same page here? Oh, this is one of my, like, in in the US, we have that phrase of like a bee in your bonnet, right? Like the thing that keeps buzzing around you and you're, you are totally obsessed with. Um, This is one of my bees in my bonnet. Um, And so I think that we have such an opportunity to align our nomenclature and our taxonomy around scams because we can fall into the the trap of uh, talking past each other, getting caught in semantics. What is the difference between a scam and a fraud? Well, for some places, there is no difference. And for other industries, there's a really meaningful difference. And so 
you know, just getting really clear about definitions of what types of scam MOs, scam communication modalities, scam monetization techniques. Like, I would love for us to get tighter on what we're calling things as an issue space so that we can have more fruitful conversations and we're not tripping over some of our our terminology. There are a lot of assumptions on what we think a scam is, but there is different liability. There's different regulation for authorized versus unauthorized fraud, for example. And in different countries, it matters. Really making sure we're aligned on what we're talking about is important to tackle this because every MO needs slightly different treatment or, or very different treatment. And really understanding, breaking it down. And it seems like we also almost need a framework. I know that there was an initiative by uh, Fed Payments to create a fraud classification framework, and that's starting to be implemented. It sounds like almost like we need a scams framework to really outline everything that's going out so we can tackle it. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, and, it, you know, going back to the Global Anti-Scam Alliance Conference that I, I you mentioned earlier that I spoke at, you know, even in that meeting, folks very well educated, steeped in this issue space, sort of had to ask clarifying questions of some speakers just to say, like, is this what you mean? This is what I call this thing. Is that is that what you're saying here? And they kind of had to do a little bit of sort of language calibration, just so that they weren't misinterpreting what the person was saying. And I I think that's like very understandable for a space that um, has some of these tensions and and intricacies that can confuse what it is that we're actually talking about. So if we take a step back from taxonomy, just thinking about looking across the scam lifecycle, looking across the different players the different threats, what your customers are thinking and feeling, how you can help them. What do you think needs to be done to drive real change in this space? It is really, really tough. You know, I I think taking taking off my Amazon hat for a second, <laughs> just my my observations of of the market and some of the things that exist out in the world. I think that there's a real opportunity to really push people to communicate through secure channels. And I think the more that we push as a e-commerce space to communicating with customers in predictable, safe channels, predictable ways in safe channels, I think we'll do a lot. Um, And so we are at Amazon putting a lot of emphasis on encouraging customers to when if they if they receive a communication from Amazon that looks suspicious that they go to their message center in their account and cross reference whether there is any record of that communication in the message center on their account to also go to their account history and cross reference if there's any record of transactions that are being cited potentially in that communication. We're also throwing out a bunch of sort of uh, lines in the sand with customers to say, we are never going to ask you to pay to apply to a job at Amazon. We are never going to ask you for 
your personal information over the phone. Like we're just, there's certain things we are never going to do. And so, you know, we're, we're educating folks on that, but really it's to me, I think the more that we can do to take the questioning and the hesit- the hesitancy and sort of the instill confidence in the consumer that the communication is authentic um, in a secure channel and all, I, I think that is a real opportunity for folks to lean into, regardless of, of industry. I can see, you know, banks and people are doing that in education and healthcare in so many instances anyways right now with, with private information and, and sensitive information, um, I could see us also kind of leaning into to that trend. I think that's really, that's a really good approach because if I'm thinking if every app had a secure communication channel, then that would cover a huge amount of the scams that are going on here. So I think that's a really great approach and that could really lead to significant change. It's probably easier said than done, for sure, especially for for large and complex enterprises. I think that's that would be um, the more that we could kind of move in that direction and push people to those secure channels, I think would would do a lot. Agree. And uh, to wrap up on a positive note, what are you hopeful about in all of this and everything that you're doing and everything that you're dealing with? What are you hopeful about? What do you, where do you see good things happening? There's a couple things I would say. One is I am really impressed and encouraged by the degree of interest in cross-collaboration between sectors and businesses and stakeholders around scam prevention. There's been so many conversations I've had, very sort of genuine, powerful, honest conversations of individuals and organizations who are so committed to doing what they can from their respective vantage point. And that I find in, in very inspiring and encouraging and gives me energy to say, okay, me, me too, like count me in, we're going to, to do this together. And so I'm incredibly encouraged by that. The other thing that I'm very encouraged by um, at Amazon is the fact that we are leaning into this issue space so directly and it gives me a lot of pride as an Amazonian to see Amazon call out this challenge as a priority and encourage other stakeholders to follow suit and to lean into it and to acknowledge the challenges that they're facing so that we can learn together and we can all contribute to preventing these criminals from being successful. So those are some things that really give me hope. That gives me hope too. So it was great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much again and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for everything you're doing to similarly address this issue. So thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Scam Rangers. For more information and updates on fighting online scams, follow me on LinkedIn, Ayelet Bigger Levine.